Hello and welcome to the Announcers Tables podcast, where each week we'll be discussing topics from the wrestling world. This week I'm joined by Scott Weaver. Hello. And Lewis Glennon. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. You, Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, man. This week we'll be discussing the Wrestling Observer Newsletter's uh, yearly awards. The awards came out, uh, they're very AEW heavy. Um, and we'll be discussing our view on the awards. Um, obviously, they'll be a little different. Um, yeah, we'll get straight into it. First off, uh, we're going to be discussing the best match of the year. I'll come to you first, Lewis. What it was your best match of the year? Um, mine was, and ironically, the build to it started a year ago today, uh, the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. What is it that's made you choose that match um, like above any other match? <clears throat> well, obviously, it's not your traditional wrestling mm-hmm. match. Um, probably like the hardcores might not like it, but it was just such a like unique, fascinating, interesting build. Yeah. Uh, the, the barriers it broke, like referencing obviously the Cena heel turns, which never happened, NWO, mm. uh, even the like John Moxley references when Vince said like this is good. It's yeah. just a unique, like, fun, different thing. And I just think mm. it's unrivaled. There's n- never going to be anything like it. So I think that's yeah. why that, it was the best year. Mm. Obviously, it's such a a Marmite topic, really. Some people love it and some people hate it. Um, it got in the worst match of the year uh, for the Wrestling Observer. But no, I'm in total agreement. Um, obviously, some people say it's different with it being pre-recorded, but um, that doesn't affect anything to me. I don't know about you. Uh, no, it doesn't for me. I'm not really an actual massive fan of the cinematics. Um, I didn't like AJ Undertaker as much as everyone else did. And mm. obviously the Swamp match was just awful. But yeah, yeah. this one for me, like, I could just watch it over and over again. Mm. And I think they've overdone it to death a bit at this point now. But this was the peak of it. This was the pinnacle. It was so good. Well, it was the first one, weren't it? Oh no, second technically. After second technically, Taker. yeah. But like, even though it was cinematic, it, it was different from Taker's Undertaker was still like a match, like where they're hitting and whatever. And this mm. one just was John Cena's subconscious mind. Yeah. Scott, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, it is also on my match of the year list. Mm. Um, I was a bit surprised when I found out that it was on the worst match of the year for the wrestling yeah. Observer, but I can see. I can see why people wouldn't like it mm. if they're purists and like the hardcore like people that are going to watch and listen to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Mm. So yeah, I really liked it. It was a spectacle and it actually told a story without yeah. having to have like 35 minutes in ring. So I, I just thought it was different. I liked it. Yeah, it, it subverted everyone's expectation. When you get announced John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, I don't think anyone in 2020 wants to see that in a ring. But like that, I want to see that all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, um, it showed it was obviously just after The Fiend had lost to Goldberg. So it was mm. sort of like how it was going to bounce back, whether that yeah. character was dead or not. Well, it's probably dead now. <laughs> Wyatt, again, <laughs> like just revived it from nothing. Yeah, it's a testament to him, really. Uh, but Scott, yeah. what was your number one match of the year? So my choice was, I think, yeah, it was the exact same as the Wrestling Observer newsletter. It was Young Bucks versus Kenny and Adam Page mm-hmm. at Revolution. It was just, in my opinion, the the perfect tag match. It was, yeah. it was amazing. There's, there's yeah. a lot of, there were a lot of good matches, and I've written down a few that came close for me. So mm-hmm. I, put, I said that Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre at Survivor Series was really, really good. Mm. It went 24 minutes and 4.25 stars from Meltzer. So like for a Roman Reigns match, I'm never, I'm not his biggest fan, but the stuff that he's doing at the minute is incredible and needs commending. So that yeah. came close. But I think the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Adam Page, it was just it's perfect for me. Yeah, no, that's my number one as well. Um, obviously, the story of Adam Page uh, being rejected by the elite, being pushed away from the elite. Um, Kenny uh, showing allegiances towards the unbox over him. Um, yeah, just a great, a great storytelling match. Um, 
even the post-match antics with Adam Page possibly teasing, turning on Kenny, the Young Bucks and Kenny turn, uh, teasing, turning on him, just everything about this match, perfect. Even the, So the storytelling itself was incredible, but even just the match itself, mm. like the false finishes, the spots, it was just next level. And it's no wonder it got six stars. Like, yeah. And when Kenny kicked out of the uh, golden trigger yeah. uh, at one, incredible scenes. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Young Bucks uh, had quite a couple, had a couple of matches in this as well. They were also uh, they came third as well uh, for their match with FDR. Uh, didn't quite do it as much for me as the match with Kenny and Page, and it felt like the first chapter of what will be a long-standing rivalry. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that wasn't my number one by any stretch. I don't think it was up in my top three personally. No, so I think that there's more of a story there between Kenny and Adam Page and the mm. Young Bucks than there is with FTR. I know FTR and the Young Bucks go back to when FTR and WWE is a revival and everything and all of the stuff on being the elite, but I don't know. It was just it was the Kenny and Adam Page match was just so personal. I I just think it was above it for me. And I think that a big advantage that this match gets over most matches in 2020 is that there was a crowd there. Yeah, it helps. Definitely. That, that's the, a big the pop, help. The pop when Kenny kicked out at one. Mm. Oh, ridiculous. God. But now we move on in contrast to our worst match of the year. Now, the Wrestling Observer had Braun Strowman versus The Fiend in the Swamp Fight. What do you have for this one, Lewis? Uh, that one was one of the options. Originally, mm-hmm. it was my first choice, but I'm going to settle with Edge versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Oof. Uh, Oof. I've just realised that like both my match of the year and worst match from the Mania, but <laughs> for me, it was just it was just boring. I remember uh, yeah. I watched it with Scott at the time, and we were just saying this is just boring. It just yeah. instead of actually wrestling, it was like more of a demonstration of like that Edge could probably go a long while and like. Mm. It was there was, more just trying to, um, there was absolutely no need for it to be 36 minutes at that place. No. no. Yeah, like a last man standing match as well. Like it'd been done so well, the story. Mm. Just make it like Orton, Dark Edge, Beth, whatever. And instead of it being like a like blood hated, like they couldn't do anything, it was just more like a demonstration of like, oh, look, Edge can do some parkour. <laughs> um, <laughs> as obviously like the probably like unintended but like that dodgy reference to the Benoit thing yeah. just after the dark mm-hmm. side ring had dropped but it was just a boring a boring match and what was worse for me was 10 minutes in you, it became predictable you realised Edge was going to win mm-hmm. and it was just you're just waiting for that moment like a few years back when Taker lost to Roman you're just waiting for like you know what's going to happen yeah. you just sat waiting for the final now yeah, so, yeah, I wanted to like the match. I wanted to like the ma- like match a lot more, obviously, with Edge being in it. Um, and obviously, this isn't what Edge wanted, coming back and there being no crowd, having to have a brawling match, that sort of thing. Um, I didn't yeah. mind the ending, the storytelling with the concerto, which had been a big part of it. But yeah. if he'd have taken 20 minutes off this match, I'd have been more than fine. I think that's probably the worst thing about it was the length and the the pace because they were going at Randy Orton pace. Yeah, they were going very very slowly and like the, they were selling the whole methodical stuff and well, all that kind of crap. But most of it, um, to be like from memory as well as what they weren't actually they were just sort of like walking around. It was going from room yeah. to room. It wasn't like like no Orton's like slow, but at least in his matches it would just be headlocks. Like there's some actual contact going on. Hmm. This one, it was just walking. It was, just it was almost walking. like just a showcase of what's in the PC rather than, rather than a <laughs> yeah, match. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Like, Look at our weight room. <laughs> it's a tour, but like, yeah, I think <laughs> if they'd just done a 15 minute, just straight out, like, bloody brawl, whatever, like. Hmm. It would have been a lot fact, better. Like, they edited it as well. Just, yeah. I don't know how you can watch that and think, oh, you know what, we should probably cut this. Hmm. Yeah, shame for Edge, but um, shame for Edge, but their second one was a lot better, arguably. Maybe not the greatest wrestling match, but (laughs) hopefully this year with Roman, he can really put on a spectacle, especially with the crowd there. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a big telling moment. Um, but yeah, 
and I hope they give him the pop that he deserves. Yeah. But what was your worst match, Scott? So for me, that was that was close. Randy oh, and yeah. Edge was close. But it was between two for me. And it was between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara at mm-hmm. All Out. Uh, just basically because that match should have been called off. Yes. It was like quite disturbing to watch because Matt Hardy yeah. was clearly concussed. And anything could have happened in that match. And yeah. thank God nothing bad did. Yeah. Uh, but I had to go for Goldberg and The Fiend. Oh, you've hit the same one as me again. Yeah, it was on my list as well. Oh, it's on everyone's list. It's horrendous. It's so disappointing when you look at look at the fiend. It's like, how can they mess that up? How can they think? You know what we need to do here? We need to put the title on Bill. Why? It was for the little kids. Yeah, Yeah, it was for the children. You can't have the big scary monster. Yeah, (laughs) with a belt, you've got to have Superman Bill. And it's it's almost like they were trying to protect him from being beaten at Mania by Roman. But then Roman wasn't even there in the end. And, oh, God, yeah, just everything about this was wrong. He should never have had the belt in the first place, but once you put it on him... It felt like such a waste of momentum to me. He had all of this hype and all of this momentum, and he was doing stuff that hadn't been seen before. And then it's like, oh, here's Big Bill. Mm. Yeah. Just to ruin it. I just always wonder, because I... Wyatt, like we've mentioned before, just how he revives it. But as soon as he gets that belt on him, the character just dies. And I wonder yeah. if just like they've just gone a year without him being nowhere near the belt. Like where would he be now? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Because that's it. Like you think of the best moments <coughs> of the Undertaker and Kane. They weren't around world titles. Their no, best moments were no. never with world titles. They, they that sort of character them. doesn't need it. They didn't need it nah, because they've got the character to stay strong without having to have a world title to be exactly relevant. Yeah, especially the way, the way the fiend wrestles. Like, matches aren't going to be like good anyway. No, he isn't that's an exciting thing. wrestler. No, kicks out at one. Like, <laughs> it doesn't sell. That's just essentially like, and it's cool. But like, when there's titles involved, it just gets frustrating. Yeah, first time around, my jaw dropped when I was watching him kick out of Balor's offense at one, but then. You've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times, you know what I mean? Yeah. When it happens all the time, it ruins it. It kills yeah. the whole mystique around it. If it like mm. like we were talking about Kenny kicking out of the golden trigger at one. Yeah. That was so unexpected. But when he kicks out of everything at one, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think everyone in this call is a fan of the fiend and the character, but my God, oh, I just I just can't stand to watch his matches at the minute. No. And it's probably the best thing for him to be written off TV for a little bit. Yeah. And now we've got Alexa Bliss being dragged into this nonsense. It's Randy Orton having a smoker's cough. Yeah. I I don't know. I really (laughs) don't know. Uh, But next up for us is the tag team of the year. Um, Obviously, AEW put a big emphasis on tag teams going into the company. Um, and that's been reflected in these awards. But Lewis, who for you was the tag team of the year? Um, so just so listeners know, I'll probably get hate for this, but like I don't care for anything outside of WWE. So I don't watch it or whatever. But um the WWE tag division is actually just dog, so I've just gone with the young book. Oh wow. <laughs> I was really expecting <laughs> I was really expecting Street Profits there or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't write the street profits. Oh, really? What? <laughs> um, not like from a lot. Like, I think in ring they're good and stuff, but the way their characters are, for me, they're natural heels. Like, as face, they don't work. And while they had that such a long reign, they were one of these people, like, who they had the belts, but then they'd go months without defending it. Mm. You're just going back like, to worst match of the year. Their cinematic match with the Viking Raiders made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's just been a race from my mind. It doesn't yeah, I thought about it until I was talking about it. You know what? Not not only that match, but the Viking Raiders have just gone out of oh my mind, God. which is such a shame. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you said their cinematic match, I was like, oh no. <laughs> it just yeah. came flooding back. I was like, oh dear. When he held out his hand and the turkey came flying at yeah. him like uh, Captain America. Oh my God. Well, that, that, <laughs> um, was, that was the end of the Viking Raiders. So, you know what? Street Profits have. 
not their fault, but they've also contributed to destroying the Viking Raiders. They shouldn't okay. even be called the Viking Raiders, they're the War Raiders. Like, yeah. They're not allowed to say war. No. But they were in NXT. They've also got war games. At... Yeah. <laughs> I don't it depends. Know. Um, tag team, I don't know. It's hot. Like, stables don't count as them. The Hurt Business could probably go in, but like, as a tag team, Shelton and Cedric are still yeah. got a fair bit to do. Yeah, it feels like they're sticking belts on people and then going, oh, okay, now develop, when it should be the other yeah. way around. And yeah, they're well, like, so talented as well. Hmm. Well, like, the Shelton Cedric one didn't make sense because they started showing, like, the classic, like, we don't get on before they'd yeah. even won the belt. Yeah. And it's like... If Cedric um, leaves, he's dead in the water. Like, he's absolutely dead in the water without the hurt business. I don't know why needs... they're teasing it. He needs to stay in the hurt business to stay mm. relevant. Yeah, I think it might be a way just to phase Shelton out because of his age, and then maybe. Ah, uh, call me a dreamer, but like just get Keith Lee in. Oh, <laughs> oh Keith Lee in a suit. Hello. Oh, now we're talking. Um, <laughs> but the young books, Lewis. Um, I don't know how many of their matches you've had the chance to watch, or if it's just you know of their reputation mm. and you know what they've done this year. Oh, like, this year I haven't watched them. Like, I've watched them before, but not this year. But, like, I know, like, they're good. They're, like, you know, like, AJ Styles. You don't need to watch AJ Styles this year to know, like, he's on another level. Yeah. Their reputation precedes them, I think. I think if people mm. hear Young Bucks, they just know. Yeah, there's an air of quality expected with the Young Bucks match. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, there's difference, like, because of their reputation when I've watched it, it backs it up. Whereas, like, I feel like while they're good, uh, FTR are overrated. Oof. I'm not what they are, but... I think Sp- FTR's, FTR's work in AEW's been really stellar since they've joined, personally. Mm. But I know that you don't watch AEW, Lewis, so it's hard to get that across from just, like, what you probably see. Yeah, like, in NXT, it was class, but then, like... Yeah. yeah when they were in against, like... Yeah. With also, like, you got to look... <laughs> Like main roster tag as well, I'd probably get let down. Like, there's only like the Usos and New Day are probably like that next level. Whereas that NXT yeah. era, they had like DIY America Alpha. Hmm. But obviously, it... Vince don't care about tag teams unless yeah. you're a floundering mid car singles person. <laughs> That's it. it. He can't help but split them up and then bring another team together who just are two different random people. Like now we've got Chad Gable and Otis for some reason. I think that's got potential. It it's does, oh, but again, oh, it, again, it kills the division because then you've just got like you've only got two faces now in that division. Yeah, from the tag belts, which are street profits, who like I said, the natural heels, and then the Mysterios. But like, no one cares about mm. Mysterios clearly through booking, and they're yeah. just getting bullied by Otis at the minute. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, like Dominic's still a bit raw. Like, yeah, he's a bit green. He's good. Still. He's good for his age, but like. Mm. Randy Orton was winning more titles at his age. Yeah, but Randy Orton's a perfect wrestler, isn't he? Well, yes. You yes. could pick a perfect wrestler. <laughs> uh, Scott, I presume yours will also be the Young Bucks? So it, it absolutely is. It mm-hmm. was between... So like, my top two were the same as the top two from the Wrestling Observer. So it's yeah. between the Young Bucks and Kenny and Adam Page. But yeah, it, it just it has to be the Young Bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. their match with Kenny and Adam Page, we've already gone over it, was incredible. They had a match yeah. with, the, with FTR that we went over. That was 5.25 stars again. And yeah. I, had, I was doing a bit of research about this. They've had one match that was rated by Dave Meltzer that was under four stars for the whole of 2020. Poor from them, really. It's, it's just not good enough, is it? <laughs> I expect five stars every time. Yeah. Scrap mine, I'm changing it to heavy machinery. There we go. Not, not levels now. <laughs> if anyone knows where Tucker is, please let us know. His family are scared. For me, um, though, I think I think a couple of honourable mentions <laughs> to the North. I think yes, Impact the North have been fantastic. Yeah, and I've written down as well the Street Profits, but mm. we spoke about them at length now. Yeah, but it's just it just is the Young Bucks for me. Yeah. Um yeah, the North, it's such a shame that Josh Alexander's been uh is gone and that he left very unamicably 
Um, yeah, because that that was a fantastic tag team, and Impact have got some fantastic tag teams on their roster. Um, for me, I was very torn between Young Bucks and Kenny and Adam Page. Hmm. Um, I think I sway towards Omega and Page because I prefer their characters and their storytelling was more interesting. But if you're looking at it from a match quality standpoint, the Young Bucks didn't miss <clears throat> this year. They just it's didn't just, miss this year. It's just consistency, isn't it? It's consistently good matches. If the, if you say it's a Young Bucks match, you can probably say, okay, this is going to be worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sell a pay-per-view on how good they are. And we've got them versus Chris Jericho and MGF coming up. And oh. I can only imagine it's going to be great once again. I'd have thought so, yeah. Oh, this, next up, this award, by the way, it took a lot of me to not <laughs> Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Uh, or Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Dangerous Techers. Dangerous Techers. Like, <laughs> I love Zack Sabre Jr. so much, but carry on. Yeah, it's just a shame for New Japan because, I mean, their best tag team is now in AEW. Um, <laughs> and they didn't get to run for half the year, so um, that's done them a disservice. But yeah, I mean, G.O.D. as well, they always deliver when they get the chance, but yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a massive Tama fan. I'll be honest. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm causing all sorts of controversy here. Um, but the next award is the Women's Wrestler of the Year. The top three from Dave Meltzer were number one Bailey, number two Mayu Iwatari, Iwatani from Stardom, and number three is Sasha Banks. Lewis, who have you gone for? Uh, I went with Sasha Banks. Ooh, why uh, Sasha? Well, I was going to go with Bailey, but just the back end of it, she's fallen off and like go trailed into this year. But mm. just after that Hell in a Cell match, I thought like it was good to cut it off at the Hell in a Cell, and then I thought Bailey would actually win the Rumble and they'd pick it yeah. back up for the Mania match. But like, no, they've just. She seems to be developing for me into like a female dude love. Like the whole <laughs> ding dong, like when she dresses, like for that show and whatever but Sasha I think this year just hasn't really missed like her work with Bailey first as a heel the teasing that like she's yeah. going to be the one to chain uh, playing the best role for him like taking the sacrifices mm. all that and then eventually she was the one to get turned on and I just think yeah. she's had really good matches she's told good stories and she's continued mm. and this is her best role now as like a tweener yeah yeah, I, I don't see her as a flat-out face. I don't think that works for me. Um, but yeah, Tweener, definitely. Um, yeah, no, uh, What obviously always been one of the best match-quality uh, delivering women in WWE, like Sasha. If you want a good match, you go to Sasha Banks. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to see that she's finally starting to get into a role that she seems comfortable with. Obviously, she mentioned on her uh, documentary recently, she was trying to get out, but um, yeah, that's clearly been fixed now. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, for me, I went with Bailey just because she, she was champion for so long and her heel work, like something that we never thought would work, um, has been exceptional. It's better than her face work for me. Um, like, unreal. As you say, I agree, she's got stale now. or Not stale, but it seems like they forgot what to do with her. Um, yeah. And that's fine. She's putting people over and she's making them look good, but I really, really wanted Sasha versus Bailey at Mania because they deserve that. Um, it just doesn't... It doesn't feel finished. Like, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I agree. She's better as a heel, as a face, Bailey. Especially yeah. as well, the, the empty arena, when they were both, like, heels as a tag team, they were, like, they are on the commentary for, like, just random tag matches. Yeah. They're great. I know Oscar gets praised for like how well she did in the empty arena, but I just thought mm. Bailey and Sasha actually did better in her. If we stopped at the first six months, it would have been Asuka, no, no doubt, but then they just forgot about her. Yeah, um, well, it's just WWE, and it, with Asuka? I don't. <laughs> it's yeah. just WWE with any Japanese wrestler. Oh, Shinsuke. <laughs> oh, Shinsuke. Um, but yeah, no, they carried SmackDown for, during that really awkward period when there was no Thunderdome, no fake crowd. They made it work uh, better than anyone yeah. else did. So yeah, as they well, got like us Braun, through. Braun was flopping as a face as well. So they were oh, God, yeah, he was awful. Yeah, they were the sole reason I was 
yeah. you know, watching SmackDown and stuff. They got us through Steph trying to steal Ray's eye. <laughs> like she was making a potion. <laughs> uh, but the eye of Luchador. <laughs> but Scott, who have you gone for as your women's wrestler of the year? So this category was like the only one where I could see it just being dominated by WWE people because yes. their their division is so much better than AEW's or New Japan's. Or I don't, mm. I've never watched Stardom. I don't know anything about Mayu Iwatani. Um, yeah. So it was, it was for me. It was between Bailey, Sasha Banks, and I did put Charlotte in there. Mm. Oh, and Io Shirai. I think she needs to be. Yeah, mentioned. I. Forgot about Irsha Rai up until you mentioned Iwatani, but yeah, she's had a good year as well. She she came close for me because she, her work on NXT and how she's being put over as the best women's wrestler in the world, it's not going unnoticed. She yeah. definitely is up there. And she's mm. being put over so strong on NXT, and you just know that if she goes to the main roster, it, it's done for her. <laughs> and it, it's sad. Yeah. But I, I ultimately, I went with Sasha Banks as well. Ooh. Based uh, similar to Lewis on the quality of matches, yeah. she's had such good matches with Bailey, a good match with Asuka at Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. and she's held and... like every every title, every women's title she can in like the last year. So she's yeah. held the tag titles, the Raw, and the SmackDown Women's Championships. Just... She even competed for the NXT title. Yeah, exactly. So, like, mm. she's, she's everywhere. Yeah, she's everywhere. So I think it's. I, I agree that. Bailey's heel work is so much more watchable than her face work mm. because it's her face work was obviously just there for kids and whatever. So as yeah. a, a viewer that's not a child, it was harder <laughs> to watch. So that's I think her heel, <laughs> sorry, I've, I've kept it secret. <sighs> but yeah, I think she has dropped off towards the end of the year. But so for me, it's Sasha Banks. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It, it was always going to come down between them two for us. Um, just to quick give a little bit of context on Mayu Otani. I obviously don't know too much. I'm not a avid Joshi viewer. <laughs> um, but basically, from what I've gathered, is like Io Shirai carried uh, Stardom on her back for a while, and so did like Asuka and and Kyrie. Um, and basically, they've had to rebuild, and they've rebuilt around Mayu Otani, and she's basically the face of Stardom now. Um, and as much as we don't watch it, like they are like some of the top women's wrestlers in the world, obviously, as we can see from who mm. they brought over to WWE with Asuka, EO, and Kyrie are all great. Um, but yeah, it's just there's only so many hours in the day and so many of those that I'm willing to give to wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I was I did a bit of background reading on Iwatani and. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any matches that were rated by the Wrestling Observer newsletter. All I could yeah. find were matches on Cage Match. But four of her matches in the last year were rated over nine out of ten. Yeah. By the uh, by Cage Match. So I thought that obviously speaks volumes. It's just I probably couldn't vote her as my wrestler of the year because I've never even seen yeah. her. Yeah, it is a bit of a a bit of a tricky one when you've never actually seen them. Yeah. Um, but we move on to our next award, which is the Best Talker Award. They had best on interviews or best promos, anything like that. Um, Lewis, who for you is the best promo guy in the world right now? Promo guy? is it? Or girl. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're doing? Um, there are a few this year. Um, one I looked at, she, she was never going to win, but I think Tamina's social media work. When she was fusing oh, yeah. with Bailey, actually deserves some credit. Oh dear! I God. enjoyed those. That little I'm social so, media build. I'm so happy. Oh um, dear! God. I think Rollins has to get a mention for his whole Messiah stuff. Yeah. Um, Sammy, Sammy as well. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately, I was going to go with Roman because he's just been like next level mm. since he came back. But instead, I'm going to go with uh, Jay Uso. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, um, how are you taking to heal Jey Uso? I like it. I like the way the story have done. The fact that like he doesn't want to be it, but he knows he has to for like, yeah. the sake of his family. But um, the two promos which stuck out for me, like I know the Usos could, like they're good at promos, but like 
really for the last three years you've just had the whole like they just scream Uso Penitentiary. Yeah. <laughs> like really. Mm-hmm. Um so it was good to see him just like his range change. Um the one he gave where it was about how everyone knows who Roman is, but whenever fans come up to him, the only question he gets asked is which one are you? Yeah. That was good. But I thought the one where um where he fell in line with Reigns and he just basically said he hated him, but like he accepted he had to do it. I just think that was the best promo of the year, really. Yeah. No, he's and he's it, been fantastic. Yeah, and like he's just like hopefully when his brother comes they can get a nice little stable going. Mm. But um, I think that should really rejuvenise tag tag wrestling as well. On mm. Yeah. But his his character works just even the other week in the elimination chamber where um I can't remember, I feel like it was Cesaro. Cesaro hit off his his pod and Jay was just sat there like he just didn't like oh, like you could focus, see he was focused. Yeah. Like he'd just mm. been given one job, which was to stop Owens winning. And the way he took out Owens in that match, it oh was my God. so good. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, no, he's had a new lease of life, and to be honest, I'd be happy to see him go alone as a singles guy. As much as that would be uh, awful for Jimmy, I'd be happy to see him go towards titles on his own. They oh, could swing the him well. out. Um, I never thought like any of the Usos could succeed as a singles guy, but now I think mm. Jay could. Genuinely, wouldn't be upset if he beat Roman for the Universal Championship. Not a long reign, but just beating him for it—that would be That's... incredible. A slight part of me was um, hoping he'd win the Elimination Chamber and then mm. just sort of like... That, yeah. Turn. That I think prediction. if Edge wasn't there, that could have been a nice yeah. little story. That was going to be my prediction. So I thought that he was going to win the Elimination Chamber and then Rome, they were going to do exactly what they did where Roman comes straight out and Jay just lies down mm. to go full on like subservient to Roman. But obviously they went the Daniel Bryan route. Yeah. Yeah, I did in my head if um obviously let's just say this is hypothetical like but I don't mind like if Edge wasn't there. They mm. do that where you think Uso's gonna lie down and he just plays possum and pins Roman for the oh, championship. That would have been good. If, if you added it, if anyone but the Miz was money in bank holder, like have a cash in <laughs> on Uso and then Roman's whole thing's just collapsed, but yeah. anyone but Miz. Um <laughs> And Otis, and anyone but Otis. Oh my God, what a bad year for the money in the bank. His, his contract is still in that lunchbox, I'm telling you. We're going to find it one day. Long, <laughs> long-term booking, he's going to cash in at the mid on Monday. <laughs> oh my God, imagine him just throwing Bobby off and pinning him. Oh my God. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Scott, who was your best talker of the year? So, now that Lewis has mentioned it, Tamina, no. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. Mate, they were decent. The only mic time that I remember Tamina getting all year was when she sang Triple H's theme for about five <laughs> seconds. That's yeah, about no, it. To be fair, it weren't actual promos. It was like she just went off on her own social media. That's all she needs to do because she's that good. Yeah. So, um... Seriously though, I I'm going to go for MJF. Yeah, on AEW just because of his it's a mixture of his age, his experience, and how he just stays in character at all times. Yeah. So like you see people cut promos on shows, and yeah, they're good, but then you see them on interviews, and they're just completely different people. Mm. So. An example of that would have been Adam Cole, but then he went on to Pat McAfee's show and stayed in character. But even Adam yeah. Cole's done um, like Twitch streams where he's completely out of character. Yeah, he's a totally different see, guy. Yeah, you can kind of see through it. But with MJF, whenever he does an interview that's not on any form of TV, he's the same person. He's yeah. just the same like brash idiot who mm. you love to hate. So he's just so good. And I think that in the in the inner circle now, him and Jericho are bouncing off each other so well. Yeah. And he's actually holding his own with Chris Jericho, who actually came fifth on the list. Mm. So I think to do that at his age especially is just unbelievable. 
Yeah, that, that, that signature definitely needed a. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. yeah, you can't forget about the dinner debonair. <laughs> he outsang Jericho as well. <laughs> I mean, where do you see this going with the inner circle? Just to quickly divert. So Sammy, Sammy... Oh, absolutely. Sammy, Sammy Guevara is going to impact, isn't he? He's going to do well, some impact. Apparently, they so apparently they pitched to them that he'd win the X division title and then not lose it. And it's like, well, let's not do that. So we don't really know. We're in limbo with Sammy and Impact at the minute. I'm just not. Sh- I'm not sure where they're going to go with the inner circle. I just hope they don't break them up. Mm. Like I just break them up. I thought they could have teased it if Santana and Ortiz won the tag titles last week. Yeah. I just want more respect for Santana and Ortiz because... Oh, they're, they're so good. They deserve so much better. Like, don't get me wrong, they character-wise, they're doing great. Yeah. But they should be in around the tag titles, not Jericho and MJF. And I guess that's part of the shtick, but... For saying that the last last week was the first time they ever got to challenge for the titles mm. in AEW is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, nice. they absolutely should have been in there sooner. But they have got a lot of talented teams as we've already been over. That's the issue. You look at it and you're like, God, all of these teams deserve the tag titles at some point. I think Eddie, um, King's, Eddie Kingston winning this award as well is probably deserved. Yeah, he's my choice because I had no idea about Eddie Kingston coming into AEW. And now when he gets a microphone, you listen because yeah. he is going to break you down he's going to tell you a story and you're going to be invested in him like he isn't the greatest wrestler he isn't the most captivating wrestler to watch he's a brawler yeah but on the mic he can tell he can sell you anything like that moxley and kingston feud lived and died off of the promos yeah Um, it wasn't it wasn't built around the inevitable match it was built around what they were going to say on the mic wasn't it yeah and you were just waiting for it like with kingston even i know this obviously is um from the heart, but the stuff with the Brody Lee tribute, he was incredible on that as well. Um, oh, on, on being the elite, when they were showing him as the, the locker room leader, where he was stood yeah. in the middle of the whole circle and he was telling everybody, like, we need to do this and we're going to do it for Brody and his family. Yeah. It's incredible. And that wasn't even a promo, that was just him being him. Yeah. So he definitely probably deserves to win it, but I, I went with MJF just because I love him so much. Yeah, he's just a naturally great speaker. They had a bit on uh, being the elite as well, where they would go to him and just get him to cut promos on random inanimate objects, <laughs> uh, just because he's so good at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, finally, we come to our most prestigious award, the Wrestler of the Year, uh, which has now been claimed by AEW two years in a row. Last year, Chris Jericho winning it. This year, John Moxley winning it. Lewis, I'm going to presume yours will not be from AEW. Who is your wrestler of the year? Uh, mine isn't from AEW, so you're right. Uh, I've gone with Finn Balor. Ooh, okay. Not expect that. Yeah, um, I was just thinking like, from WWE, the ones who really had good years, Roman, obviously, but I think he just he missed the first half. So yeah. I think... If you had a full year of this, I think he would have maybe even won Meltzer's one. That was, in, it was something that I wrote down, is that if Roman carries on the way that he is at the minute, he's definitely going to be up there next year. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, 2020 was his year. Yeah. Orton had a good year. Yeah. With his work. Um, I was going to go with Drew, but he had that little blip where, for whatever reason, they just took the belt off him and put it on Orton. Yeah, that Orton feud was weird for him. Yeah, but I I just went with Finn. I thought he just had a flawless year. He's got back to that level he was on before, but unfortunate main roster run. Hmm. Yeah, I and think it, his and it, and I was gonna say in his character work now is like the prince again, like Sasha. He's he's more of a tweener rather than a face. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, this uh, is the best character work he's done since arriving in WWE. Like it's even better than his first run in NXT character work wise. Uh, his matches have gone from look at him fly to I'm going to knock your block off. Yeah. Um, and like, despite, like, obviously everyone in NXT is a bit smaller, but 
you look at him and you don't see a small guy anymore, which yeah, is just, pushed. You get the like, it was so stupid because they could all just like cave my head into my skull. But like, <laughs> you get the feeling he's like, he's hard now, he's a hard man. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before it was like he, he's just he just used to grit like he was still sick, but mm. he'd be like just happy, like happy go lucky thing, like the incredible the man who can do incredible things. What a horrendous yeah. nickname. The match with Kyle O'Reilly, I think, really like solidified that badass. Yeah. Yeah. And the match with Pete Dunn. Yes. The match with Pete Dunn tore people, but I really liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. Mm. Even like he's doing it with different people as well. Like obviously the O'Reilly one. Yeah. Like I, when that happened, I and like most people probably thought I'd just be like a filler feud. Mm. But obviously, well, it's still going on now. Yeah, and it's really, really good now. Mm. And I'm hoping that eventually this leads to O'Reilly getting towards the title. Um, it's got to surely. Like it looks like Cole is next for him. And then possibly Cole takes it, and then maybe O'Reilly takes it from Cole. That would be interesting, but we'll have to see. But yeah, we're talking about Crosser. Yeah, that he's the issue here. He stands in the way, storytelling wise. Um, I'm not really sure because I was discussing this with Scott in the week. Um, Carrying Cross looks great. His entrance is great. He wrestles great, and then he finishes a match, and I don't like it. The Keith Lee finish, the suplex off the second rope, didn't look great to me. No. And then this week, his finish against uh, Escobar, the elbow to the back of the head, didn't look great to me. I need him to, and obviously this isn't my call, and who am I to tell Karrion Cross how to wrestle? <laughs> but he, there's just something missing with the finisher there. Yeah, the, the, el- the elbow that he hit Escobar with, because I was trying to sell it to you because you messaged me saying, like, what finish did he use? And I said that he hit a Saito suplex to the table and then the elbow. And I mm. tried to sell it to you, but then I sent you the clip and it was like, ah, uh, you can't really you can't really back this up because it was just like a little tap to the back of his head. It was no, it was nothing that he deserved. He should, um, he should get last ride. Obviously, yeah. don't call it that, but like... Yeah, anything like that, just something that's a bit more definitive, like, oh, this is finished. Because when he beat yeah. Keith Lee, it was like, oh, he's pinned him. Oh, he's won. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but Scott, who for you was the wrestler of the year? Right. I've had like a little bit of an existential crisis with this. Yep. Same here. <laughs> uh, so on my list that weren't on the list were Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wrote down Jay White just because I think his matches have been good, but He's not really won anything, and he's high. The issue with New Japan is they had half a year off. Yeah, exactly. So it's like mm. the same kind of Roman Reigns kind of deal. Yeah. Where he's not really been here the whole year. Uh, I wrote Chris Jericho because I just, I just like him, and his his feud, <laughs> his feud with Orange Cassidy is was good. Mm. Uh, Roman Reigns again wasn't around for. Yeah, wasn't around for the six months or however long he was off. Uh, and then I wrote Okada as well. Yeah, because Okada. Because it's just Okada and he had three five-star matches. And it's like Yeah, ridiculous. he had two in one weekend. Yeah, with Ibushi and Naito. Mm. And one. then another one. Another one, in the I think it was in the G1 with Shingo. Yeah, because Shingo is incredible. But I'm, I'm still having a crisis about it now because my three are... <laughs> My three are Moxley, Omega, and Adam Cole. Baby. Mm. Baby, yeah. <laughs> and I think Moxley's probably the right choice. He's not the guy out of the three whose match I'd search out. Yeah. But for what he's done in the year, I think mm. it's probably the right choice. I mean, he defended the AEW title nine times before losing it. Yeah. But I couldn't I, tell you who nine defense, all nine defences were. No, I couldn't. But he, for yeah, me, I counted. Yeah, for me, the standouts for him were Jericho, Brody Lee. His Brody Lee match was really good. Yeah. Because uh, he got busted open a lot. Uh, obviously, the match with Kenny, there was MJF. 
Um, his match with uh, Minoru Suzuki in the G1 as well. Oh wow, was ridiculous. Um, I think he's probably he's probably the the logical choice, but my heart says either Kenny or Adam Cole. Your heart always says Adam Cole is the issue. Oh, that's if Zack Sabre Junior was a single, <laughs> telling you he'd be number one. Yeah, I, I can see why uh, Moxley has won. Obviously, winning the title in February from Jericho, um, defending against all those people as you mentioned, um, old Darby Allen, helping Darby Allen establish himself. Um, yeah, and I think sticking the belt on him was such a wise move from AEW. It helps establish them. It helps them. People see him and go, "Oh, that's him from the Shield." Yeah. Um, so it was a wise move, but I think they've done the right thing in moving it on now. Um, we were discussing the other day as well that he's probably after the barbed wire exploding death match, whatever it's called, he's probably gonna disappear for a little bit from AEW yeah. because Obviously. of the promo, because of the promos that he was cut in and what he was saying about how if this is it, this is how he wants to go out. It's like yeah. he's done such a service to AEW that he probably should be given the chance to go to New Japan and do whatever. Yeah, and of course you've got to consider that Renee is pregnant and heading ever closer to uh, delivery day. So that's that's something that's going to be on his mind. I presume he's going to want to be home for a bit uh, when that happens. You'd have thought so, but he might just want to go to <laughs> well, Japan. No, 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 do you think he'll ever see um, a Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch and their kid versus Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Renee and their <laughs> kid match? That's the dream match. <laughs> I've never thought of it, but I really want to now. The new Shield. <laughs> the kid so, the best on. <laughs> yeah, for me, fucking Roman and the Usos. Just <laughs> Roman spears the kid out of his boot. <laughs> so for me, all week I was going to pick John Moxley. I was oh. going to pick John Moxley. Um, everything in my body wants me to pick Kota Ibushi, but I know I can't. You don't uh, you dare pick Kota Ibushi. I'm not, as much as it is the correct answer. Because um, he's the wrestler oh, of every year. If I can't pick Zack Sabre Jr., you can't pick Kota Ibushi. I haven't picked him. I went with the wrestler this year who I didn't feel that passionate about heading into 2020, and I've come out of it, and they're one of my favourite wrestlers. They're someone who I watch every single segment of, every single match of, and they always knock it out of the park for me. And that is Hangman Adam Page. I knew that was where you were going. Yeah. And so, I was shocked that he wasn't higher up. Yeah. I think the issue is he didn't win a championship, but I don't think it's the time yet. I think they've booked him to perfection in terms of the world title. He's going to win it eventually. So why, oh. why rush it? He's going to beat Kenny eventually. So why rush it? But he went into a tag team, which he's never really done before, and he was in one of the best tag teams of the year. He had a feud with Kenny, and it was one of the best feuds of the year. He held the tag belts for the majority of this year, which is insane, before they dropped it to FTR. Um, in what is also an underrated match of this year, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I just cannot wait to see where Hangman's story goes. He's the most interesting wrestler I think there is out there, bar maybe Roman Reigns at the minute. Um, yeah, I just I just fell in love with the man this year. I couldn't stop watching him. Um, the Bookshot Lariat, incredible finisher. Um, yeah, just... And I the just dead eye. Oh, God. Really good. Yeah. Um, who Do you doesn't know what? Like now you've said that, like, he never came into my mind. Mm. I, I'm like... A little surprised at myself that I didn't think of him because, like you say, he's he's so interested. Every segment is just gold with him. Yeah, and obviously the Matt Hardy stuff at the minute. Maybe it's a bit of a lull, but that is in 2021, so I'm not factoring that into it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because because the last bit of Hangman for the year was losing to Kenny in the uh, final of the number one contendership tournament, um, and then his on again off again relationship with the dark order um do you yeah. think he will, do you think he will join the dark order is it just going to be like they like him so they're just going to keep backing him up i don't think he'll join and i don't think he should join i don't um, that's exactly what i thought i think he 
I think he's going to be like just their mate. Yeah, and that's fine. He's friends with them. And that's exactly what they need to do. If they go down the route of, oh, he's actually going to join and like be the leader because of obviously Brody Lee's unfortunate passing, mm. that's wrong. He should just be their mate who's in the And it corner. proves the elite right. It proves that the elite were right, that he needed someone there. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't need someone. That's the whole story. So I don't think he should join. Um, I don't think he should either. But yeah, that's that's all the awards we have for today. Um, I'm going to be honest, for the most part, I've just agreed with Meltzer. But it's been interesting to see your guys' um, differences in opinions. Um, what do you think overall of the awards? So I I'm actually shocked that lewis said the young bucks i'm in shock as well <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting it but i'm very happy about it mm. but no i think because they were voted for by readers and listeners of wrestling observer it's kind of like it's gonna be dominated by aw new japan guys yeah yeah so people like wwe guys and nxt to an extent aren't going to be featured as much unless it's like worst show or worst match of the year because people have like this agenda. So yeah. I think as a whole, they're kind of right, but it would have been nice to have a bit of a mix of opinions like, like Lewis is thrown in today. Mm. Any final thoughts, Lewis? Um, no, nah, not really. Just watch WWE. <laughs> not glorified spot first. I am not watching Raw. You can't pay me enough to do that. <laughs> I, at the minute, feel like I have to watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> that is an obligation that I do not envy. You, Dom, you can do the review this week if you fancy it. Ah, oh, sorry, mate, I would, but uh, I've got I've got my ironing to do. So, Lewis, well, if, you, fair, if you like it that much, to be fair, there's going to be a world title change. So, there is going to be a world title change. You are right. And to be uh, fair, I'll... it's given it there, a fresh... You know what, there, there isn't. I'm telling you, watch now. True's going to come out and it's going to be a disqualification. It'll be a triple threat at that time. That was my... Yeah, I think that'll happen as well. That can be the only logic as why Drew, just for whatever reason, thought, nah, I'm not going to turn up. Even though I'm actually getting screwed. Just thought, nah. It... But yeah, that's, that's all we have time for. Uh, check the links in the description. You can find our Twitter, our website, where Scott is absolutely grinding out the latest news and reviews of the shows. Check out as well the guys' Twitters will be in the description for any uh, of their opinions. And yeah, thank you for watching.